Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another round of Master Phil in your corner with your host, Master Phil. All right. Greetings, everyone. Greetings. Master Phil here with Master Phil in your corner with my newly anointed uh, sidekick here, Conor McGregor. He's uh, working uh, working in the place of the uh, injured Dougie Fresh Friedman. So uh, we're wishing Dougie a quick and full recovery. Full recovery? Yeah. And too bad that he's missing this episode because this is episode number 69. You know, episode number 69 is you know a number that's near and dear to so many people out there and uh that's a lot of shows, Phil. You may that you, you've yeah. been doing this for a while. Yeah, it's crazy. 69 shows. I can't believe it. It's a it's a it's a milestone. Milestone. A milestone. Yeah. And uh so so for this milestone episode we're going to delve into something that is really near and dear to my heart. It's the body bell method. Oh, body bell method. Yeah. Yes. And we're going to have a discussion on the top 10 reasons to train with kettlebells and body weight. That's a great way to start. Yeah. I mean, like here. Uh, but before we get into this whole thing, Let's thank our sponsors. Since we do have the body bell method up there, we'll keep it up there. On the weekend, uh, coming up very, very soon, actually uh, two weeks from today, I'll be flying out to Denver, and I'll be hitting the, the trail. Nice, Denver. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're doing a seminar at Lux Strength and uh, at uh, Coach Karis. She's mm -hmm. on Instagram. Check her out. It's got all great stuff. We, we've worked together before. So she's uh, hosting my seminar there, and we're doing a two-day seminar, levels one and two, mm -hmm. uh, for the bodybuilding method at Lux Strength in Denver, Colorado. Denver is a great city. Yeah, uh, you know, and that sounds like a great trip. I, hope, I, th I believe you've been looking forward to this for a while. Yes, yes, yeah. We put this thing together. You know, uh, last time I worked with uh, Karis, we were down in atlanta georgia doing a seminar there never been there nice yeah. uh good city i mean some oh yeah i've been to atlanta a bunch of times some but... nice spots yeah oh yeah well the thing was i was going down there a lot i wound up doing a lot of kettlebell seminars down there and then um, i used to be part of uh, team alliance and brazilian jiu-jitsu 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 so i used to go down to headquarters all the time i was an instructor there at uh, alliance nice and frequent uh, member yeah, well, and uh, you know, I switched teams uh, and I went to uh, Checkmat after that. Oh. But uh, you know, I was with the Allianz. And the reasons I, I the reason I left Allianz is because my um, my direct instructor I got my black belt from mm -hmm. moved to a different organization, so I went with him. Well, it's uh, that says a lot. If you're following someone, uh, there's a reason for it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I must, but good. Uh... Both teams are great, though. I'll yeah. Tell you, no, I, but I, yeah. Yeah, but I want to stay with the person I had the the relationship with. Absolutely, and I think last week you're talking about those relationships you have with uh, your uh, martial arts instructors. That oh yeah, and, you're and gonna learn from the best. You want to follow where they're going. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, I chose them for a reason. Yeah. So you know, uh, so now uh, let's also we also have to thank PhilRoss.com. Absolutely. Yes, and because without PhilRoss.com, this podcast would not be possible. And you want to check out, see, I have this Fit Team here. So if you want to get any of the Fit Team products, just go check out philross.com, go into products, and you'll see the Fit Team listing as a direct link. You can see all of our different nutritional products. They're 100% organic. 
Nice. No, yeah, no garbage. You got to check the ingredients on them. They're, they're, they're top shelf. No, and that's, yeah. a, that's reassuring. God knows what's in uh, some um, of the, uh, in the market. So, oh, the, oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, here. You, you know, the funny thing is when I was doing my um, uh, master's degree uh, for health sciences yeah. and I was studying nutrition. There's I'll, a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've had a lot of nutritional training through my personal training organization and so forth. But um, I will tell you unequivocally, well, except statistics was, was pretty hard, but I was prepared for it to be difficult. Yeah. So, but yeah. the nutrition master's level was ridiculous. I am – this course, this class took me, no BS, 30 hours a week for eight weeks. 30 hours a week. Yeah, it was it was like almost all chemistry. That that is intense. It's incredibly intense. But I learned so much in that. Uh, it, it was the amount of uh, uh, um, details you need to recall in the future. Yes. You know, you're not just studying for the test, and then no. it's you know, as a lot of people teach to the test. Yeah. No, you remember and you have to recall oh, yeah? what uh, these ingredients are for and what's. Uh, you know, what's don't miss anything. Yeah. It's important to keep tabs. Well, well, one of the things is, you know, actually, I, I wanted to, I, I teach at this college now too. Online. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, generally what we do is we have uh, eight week courses, except the statistics wound up being 16 weeks. Oh, of course. But, yeah, of course. Yeah. Statistics <laughs> wasn't my favorite when I was in school. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, wound up doing very well in it. I, I, I but I got a tutor. And I, I studied so hard. Well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I think everyone hearing the word statistics becomes a statistic. They don't want to. Shudder. Yeah, they just, uh, I remember one. But I think, and that says, uh, you wanted, of course, you wanted to learn. But if you, that's with a lot of things, if, if the passion isn't there to like, you know, how right. are you going to soak up that information? No, that knowledge won't. isn't going to stay with you. No, no, you won't. So uh, for this nutrition class, now. Just give you an example. Generally, what we do is there's eight-week courses, and every week there's a forum post. So on a forum post, you go in there and you create your your post on the specific subject, mm -hmm. and you have to reference it. You know, yeah. so you, you, and it's always good, even if you know it inside and out. Right. You have to reference it. As a matter of fact, one time, actually more than once, I referenced one of my own books. Well, it's <laughs> I, I feel like uh, everything should be referenced, especially with uh, how uh, the internet's been. Uh, <sighs> In, involved in everything uh, today, sources and uh, references should be listed like uh, at the end of every paper we wrote in college. Yeah, well, I do it for all my students. Yeah, and all my students don't have give to that up. And how we? I'm sorry, it's yeah. it's easy to make those uh, ref references now. I remember I had to write out every single one when I was in school. Now it just does it for you. It's a lot of a lot of things uh, are oh. done for you. Oh yeah, there's no excuse not to have references, okay? Because yeah. you know, when I was in school, I mean, I graduated college in 1984, so I'm there handwriting stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 For using the Dewey Decimal System, using microfiche, uh, you know, to look yeah. things up. And, That's some and, serious study uh, compared to today, oh, where it's yeah. like, oh, I gotta, I gotta search this on the on the internet machine and yeah. find the answer <laughs> you know things and, and also you know people are a little bit lazy with that too because you, you want to use you know peer-reviewed journals as your yeah. sources you yeah. want to use real sources that are vetted so it, you um you know google scholar is good and then you know of course i have the different libraries for the colleges that i work at yeah uh, and another great um site is statista.com oh that, i don't know oh it's great That's good. For, for stats it's, it's incredible it's i mean I, you can look up anything there 
Um, you know, if you want to look up like uh, the you know United Crime Report, UCR, uh, FBI stats, you can look up anything on uh, on drugs. Yeah, the 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 amount of knowledge you get from those uh, uh, those sources too, when they're presented, um, mm -hmm. in um, uh, I love looking at uh, data sets where it's uh, it's data visualization is what mm -hmm. it's called, mm -hmm. where they they clear up uh, any. Um, uh, you know, you see the trends. Like yes. it's all it's it's a graphic. It's like graphic design, right. but you see the uh, the information behind it. I love that. Yeah, because so. yeah, the numbers are one thing, but then you see the graphic representation of the numbers. It helps you know put that mental picture in your mind. And it, you know that's especially over time. You see the trends over time. Yeah, they're always good to look at. But let me. Let yeah, me correlation. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because I'm going to get completely off on a tangent. Um, Let's finish up. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. So. So on this course, so we'd have, as opposed to doing one, oh, oh anyway, so you do one, uh, you do your post, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have to comment on two other people's posts. Gotcha. And then you have to reply to the professor. Right. Okay. So, and there was, um, initially it was like 500 words on your initial posts and 250 for each of your replies. And they had to be referenced at the graduate level. Okay. Uh, for the undergrad level, you don't have to have all your replies referenced. Mm -hmm. So- so we do that. So they, instead of one a week, we had two a week. Mm. In addition to that, we had four assignments. Okay. Each one of these assignments, we used to have the neutral calc website. You said four assignments. Four assignments. A week? No. No, out of eight weeks. Eight four weeks, yeah. Okay. Totally. And, yeah, and, and what you do is you go into the neutral calc website, mm -hmm. and there'd be a 23-page a, a printout, and you had to extrapolate the information from that. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now- here they'd give you they'd give you a pro they'd give you a, a situation. So let's say you have a, a six foot two female basketball player. She's a sophomore in college. She wants to um, uh, lose x amount of body weight mm -hmm. and then increase her. Uh, she wants to increase her uh, her density of her muscle. Okay. So she yeah. wants to uh, change her body composition. Gotcha. Okay? So she'll go from like you know. Uh, 33% body fat down to 25% body fat. And she wants to increase her vertical jump. You have to design not only her, her training regimen. Right. Yeah. For the, you know, three, uh, four month period. Right. Not only that, but you have to program out all of her caloric intake and what nutrients she's going to get. <laughs> That's okay. incredible. Yeah. yeah. So this would be anywhere from like a 12 to 15 page paper. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the information. Oh, we're not done. Oh, we're not done. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Then there was a, <laughs> we had a book that went along with it. Thank God I read the book two weeks prior to, to taking the course. Oh, because yeah. there's a 700 page book and all the tests. Oh, well, no, they, they called them quizzes. How many, how many questions in a quiz for you? Uh, at the college level? No, yeah, oh. whatever, yeah, like a quiz. I would say, what, 10 is uh, yeah, like 10, par for 20, the course, right? right? Yeah. 20? Yeah, ours were 50. Oh, jeez. They called them quizzes. So, yeah. yeah. So we it's had- a, It's just a name. No, it's yeah. a test, but yeah. call it a quiz. So we had one of those a week, and then there was a cumulative quiz, which was 70-some-odd uh, questions at the end. Jeez. This was my course. I first uh, reading the book before even taking the class, uh, power move, and you know it's it's not your first rodeo uh, right, going right. going uh, going like that. Because imagine you just walking first day. Oh, I don't yeah. know any of this. <laughs> I looked at you know I looked at what was you know what was expected of me, and I saw I'm like oh my god, 
this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is going to be really hard. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was not easy. Plus you have to remember at the time I was working full time and I oh, was, of course, and I was teaching at the junior college. You're not just a student. Uh, <laughs> That's your only job, yeah. And not many people have that work in school, but that management of uh, everything—it's uh, oh, impressive. Yeah. You graduated, right? And yeah. and and uh, and got all those quizzes out of the way. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was quite the task. Yeah, but I'll tell you what—you know—it it enables me to you know help my uh, clients and give proper advice and help me with uh, writing my books, which I'm you know currently writing the exercise snack book. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's um, you don't hear snacks when um, you're talking about uh, exercise. Well, you, you should try to cut that out. Well, we know what snacks. <laughs> so, what's the difference? Well, you're well, you can't, uh, you know, eat. Uh, you're not eating Doritos. No, no, so. you're doing, you're doing push ups, sit ups, squats is your exercise snack. Yeah, that's your exercise snack. You're doing a little bit of time, five to ten minute bouts throughout. Yeah, throughout the day. In between those snacks, mm. it's a great um, tag. Yeah. You know, to 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 uh, fit in your day. Of that, uh, of that kind yeah, of yeah. It's, it's it's look wait, look more, the the number one the number one issue with people uh, not tr working out as they say they don't have the time, but you know what? If you have the time, little spots during the day, you got time for a ten minute walk. You yeah. Got time for five minutes of push ups and sit ups. Mm -hmm. You can do some squats, some bridges, something along those lines. Yeah. You know what? Swing a kettlebell and get back to work. <laughs> you know, curl some dumbbells and get back to work. Yeah, and I don't see that uh, any different than um, you know, you see a golfer in the middle of like a parking lot waiting right. for uh, you know, uh, just standing around waiting for a ride, uh, practicing their swing. Yeah. So that's. You know, you'll just this will take off. People will just be doing, you know, in the middle of uh, their work yeah. day. Yeah, especially a lot of people are working remotely. Exactly. And so they know. have that. It's like right next to their desk. Right. You got a floor. Yeah. <laughs> you got like six. Uh, you know, six feet. Well, the, the the cool thing is about all these these exercises. I have uh, there's 52 workouts in it, so you basically have one workout a week. Yeah, and they can be done in a six by six space. Uh, perfect. <laughs> so, you know, you need six feet. We all know that right. amount of space in between us. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do in that amount of space? Exactly. You're going to work, work out. out. You're going to have some snacks. Exactly. Nice. Good snacks. So let's get back to the, uh, the top 10 reasons to train with kettlebells and body weight. So, nice. uh, I'm going to go through the whole list and then we're going to delve into the specifications Great. of each one of them. So number one is training on a neural level, strength without wasted bulk. Two would be shoulder injury reduction. Three, explosive power, plyometrics, and ballistics. Mm -hmm. Mobility would be number four, rolling shoulder and hip opening. Five is body weight, balance, body awareness, and deloading. Mm -hmm. Six, flexibility, yeah. static and active stretching. Endurance, muscular and cardiovascular. Eight would be weight class athletes. Okay. Okay. Like, you know, like a boxer, wrestler, yeah. MMA fighter. Mm -hmm. Nine, better bang for the buck. It's time efficient. Very good. And 10, young athletes can train safely. Very good. Yeah. We're gonna you hear, uh, you know, overextending or anything like that. You think the kids are indestructible or they're learning. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that what kids do, especially young guys, they get in there and they, they try to load up the weights too much and they have improper form. Right. And that's starting off uh, it, the worst way. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't want to do that. So, so let's talk about number one and that's strength on a neural level. 
So, you know, other strength training systems operate on developing strength through muscle hypertrophy. So that means like hypertrophy, right? Right. <laughs> so right. The, the muscle gets larger. Okay. Right. The opposite of atrophy. Right. Atrophy. Yep. Atrophy. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're enunciating. Yeah. We're, we're spelling using, it out. Yes. So, um, so, but the thing is that when you say apotrophy, sometimes people think, sometimes you're hypotrophy, like uh, hypo. Right. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Like it's shrinking. Uh, like exactly. Atrophy. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, it's muscle hypotrophy. Okay. So, uh, you know, in order to handle the larger resistive load, the muscle gets bigger. Okay. Right. Now, this does occur in kettlebells, but not to the extent. That's not what it just relies on. So the system of strength, it, it operates on a neural level. Kettleweight and bodyweight training strengthen the body from the inside out. So, you know, we start at the core and, you know, the muscle doesn't necessarily have to get a lot bigger in order you, for you to get stronger. So there's no machines, oh. no benches, no fancy apparatus. And then we have a thing called proprioception. That's that's leveraged here. So proprioception mm -hmm. is your body's map of itself. And it helps you with your balance and knowing where your body is at, like your awareness in space. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So the... um. You know, when we're when we're talking about strengthening on a neural level, because a, a kettlebell has um, it, it has a changing center of gravity. Right. Okay. So you have a bell and a handle, right? Whereas a um, as a, a bar as a sphere, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, here you have if you have a bar or you know a dumbbell or bar or machine or something like that, mm -hmm. you have a unilateral distribution of weight. Okay. Kettlebells weight is offset. So think about it. if I have a, if I'm pressing something right. Mm -hmm. So when I'm moving my arm upward, the bell is changing. So my body has to compensate for that. So I'm recruiting all of my intrinsics. Right as as it is changing its center. Yes, you have to be you have mm -hmm. to be more uh, the body adju uh, adjust for has that. Has to adjust to it. Right. Yes, has to adjust to that movement, and and so therefore you have to recruit more of your. Uh, intrinsics and the stabilizers mm -hmm. and everything's going to run through the core because yes. also when this happens you know if you look at standard weight training they generally take place in the frontal and sagittal planes you know pushing here side right okay where kettlebells takes place in the transverse plane ah uh, okay okay so you're going across where does life happen in transverse plane right you're not uh evenly spreading out the weight daily yeah look you, okay here you go you're shopping. crossing yeah right you go shopping you grab uh, the, are all the grocery bags the same weight? Right. That and uh, <laughs> are you reaching for the milk uh, perfectly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing's like you grab a couple of suitcases, right? Are they both evenly matched? No. You know, or you grab one suitcase and a backpack. Right. And it's, you know, you try to meet that weight limit for the plane. We all know. Uh, <laughs> know how that works. Right. So that's why it's cool. It, 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 it trains you on a neural level. So my body is learning how to move efficiently, and also I'm lining myself up properly. Right. And when you say neural, you mean uh, the mo the strongest muscle in your body, which is your brain. Your brain. Right? Well, my brain, is yeah, my brain is being trained or training my body how it needs to move. Yeah. And it's that right. uh, uh, mind repetition, body. Yeah. mind, body. Yeah. The muscle memory that you achieve. Exactly. You know, you're patterning your body. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the better you make Habits. the pattern the better you become, you become more efficient. Yes. So, you know, you see a beginner use a kettlebell 
and then you see an expert and right it's like, you know wow. you notice that difference yeah and the thing is the thing that's cool about it as you get better in kettlebells you can get more out of it so you actually even have to work out less time that's amazing that's a great tag right there yeah the more you do the, the less, less you uh, have to the less <laughs> Right, that the down. better you are, the less you have to do. <laughs> right. So oh. it's it's a real good impetus to get to get good at things. That's great. Okay. So the next one would be shoulder injuries. So if you look at it, how many people do you know suffer from a shoulder injury? Right. I, I know it's easy to uh, pull that. Oh yeah, it's it's you know most people are unaware how to pack the shoulders and engage the latissimus dorsi. So you want to bring your shoulders back and down. Right. Obviously, okay. I'm not doing. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to bring back. What does that also do for your for your cardiovascular system, it opens up your chest, enables you to to breathe properly, and your right. heart to operate good, as opposed to being all slumped over. And then you're anxious. You're not breathing. It's shallow. Yep. It's not full. It's not a deep breath. You're not reaching yep. all the um uh the, the lungs uh all lungs to the capacity. full capacity. Yeah, you're yes. not going all the way down to the base of the lung. Right. You're 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 all diaphragm. You're not breathing with your diaphragm. Right. I'll breathe, you're shallow breathing with your chest. Yeah, and yeah. They, and you wonder what the onset of that is, where it's uh, uh, anxiety or they're uh, not fully working out uh, correct correctly. You're you're doing it on the uh, small amounts of breath. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you're not gonna you, you you will not get the full benefit of the movement either. Yeah. So so now with, now when we're taking the stress away from the shoulders, because if you look at the shoulders, shoulders have a lot of little muscles and made up. Of, of a lot of small muscles, whereas the lats are pretty big. I mean, you, you hear of people hurting their shoulders all the time, but you hardly ever hear of someone tearing a lat muscle. Oh. It's, you know, it's, it's a very difficult muscle to tear. So it's the largest one in the upper body. So, you, you know, we want to be able to, we want to be able to take that weight into the back. So if I'm, my shoulders are packed mm -hmm. and my lats are engaged, right. I'm going to do full range of motion, engaging the lat all the way at the bottom and access that lat when I'm pressing. Right. Because that's the largest uh, one mm -hmm. to st set this uh, standard for. And now the other thing is too, is that uh, not just strength, but mobility, because there's movements like the arm bar, mm -hmm. pullovers and, and things of this nature, which help with the mobility of the shoulder and opening it up and teaching you, you know, how to pack the shoulders properly as well while right. you're moving and opening your body. There, you know, some in, incredible movements. So, you know, I, I've turned a lot of people on to these. It's funny because because uh, the um, the the gym that I'm teaching at mm -hmm. the center, Lux Strength. Yeah. Uh, you know, Coach uh, Karis over there says, you know, you turned me on to this exercise i do them all the time and they help with every other movement that's a great uh testimonial hearing that it's uh it, it branches out oh yeah yeah it, it goes to all, all kinds of different directions with this and that kind of tweak that helps a, a lot more oh, than yeah. what you're just doing oh yeah so now we can go to explosive power that's okay. another, that would be number three. Explosive power is developed through plyometric and ballistic movements. Kettlebell swings, snatches, and cleans are all the explosive movements that recruit the posterior chain. That's your low back, your glutes, your hamstrings, you know, of course, your you know, upper back as well. By accessing either weighted or body weight, generating power with squats, presses, push-ups, and development of explosive power required to accelerate, jump, throw, take down, or deliver a, a blow to an opponent. So this explosive power, bang. Yeah. Okay. That's how you develop from these. This is these are called the ballistic. So what's a ballistic? A ballistic 
you know, shooting, right? You know, mm -hmm. you watch the yeah. top shows. Yeah. Oh, uh, came back from ballistics. Okay. So this is an explosive power movement. Question on that. Off, off the bat, that's uh, cause and effect, but that explosive, uh, 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 explosive power, power behind that. Mm -hmm. That's the study of everything uh, you've listed. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so what we're doing here now, it, it generates from the hip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone knows. I don't care what the sport is, whether it's golf, tennis, baseball, yeah, or uh, boxing, martial arts, wrestling, football. All the power comes from the hips. Remember Happy Gilmore? It's yeah. all in the yeah. hips. It's all in the hips. Okay. So this helps you develop that. You see um, the stances in baseball. You know, uh, I, I'm thinking of John Carlos Stanton for one, that mm -hmm. they have uh, the, the power is in that uh, turning mm -hmm. towards that swing. Well, it, and you each know, batter has their own specific stance to. Uh, to work on their power for their swing. The Yankees have been using kettlebells for a while. It's a great. As, as an example. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, and now a lot of, a lot of NFL teams have switched over to using these, uh, the kettlebells as well. Right. And they're employing them. I mean, like, you look at Nick Saban. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. He does kettlebells and MMA for his guys. And I'm sure he's, uh, from training. yeah, he's telling all the high school kids he's uh, uh, looking after uh, to start doing kettlebells too before yeah. they get to college. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we're going to get into kids in these as well and why they're so good. So now we're going to uh, number four would be mobility, the mobility. Mm -hmm. I can speak. Uh, we don't simply bang out hardcore workouts. Okay. No. It's just not just crushing yourself every day. No. I mean, you know, anybody can do that. You can put on music, do a circuit, and bounce around and right. throw heavy weights, and you're, you're going to get injured. Uh, but we also utilize movements and restorative training as well. So, you know, if you push your body, you have to both prepare for the session. Right. And then you have to cool it down. I know that we were talking earlier about stretching. Right. Well, when you, if you're going hard in the, uh, uh, initially, right. Anybody mm -hmm. can do that, but you have to understand after that, uh, is a certain, uh, recover, uh, recovery. Yeah. You have yeah. to recover. You have to rejuvenate, you know, and the mobility training that we do incorporates mm -hmm. also the packing of the shoulders. As you move your body, we use a lot of bridge work for spinal flexion and strength. There's thoracic mobility as well as other movements designed for the hips, necks, wrists, ankles, feet, toes, even mm. hands, fingers, you know, mobile and stable joints enable you to perform better. Not only do you perform better, but you reduce the incident and the you know the um oh, severity of an injury right well. the possibility uh yeah the severity yeah. how if there was well you're how yeah, much yeah, your, be, yeah. yeah your recovery rate is better if you have a mobile joint uh and you're doing um and you're doing your full range of motion on your movements you're creating strength throughout the full range of movement look if you're not flexible and mobile and you're doing heavy weight what's going to happen at the spot that you can't reach all the way out right that adjustment well the body has it's gonna be weak there right that and you know what when you're moving when you're in combat when you're doing your daily living right the weakest link will break that's yeah that that get the why the focus on the whole body as uh it works as one unit one unit well yeah. that, that's the other reason why i like kettlebells and body weight you know because you're not just oh i'm doing chest day i'm doing leg day i'm doing right. this you know what your whole body moves as once yeah okay now okay if you are a person who's either had an injury or you're a bodybuilder looking to compete in physique mm. great 
Yeah. It's okay. I have no issue with that. Okay. That's what you want to do. That's your end goal. But if you want overall fitness, overall strength, your whole body moves at once. Every sport you do, you know, requires your whole body. So you, know, you want to make sure that you're training your whole body at once. Yeah. A full, a full, uh, full workout. And if it's, oh, you're doing leg day, you're ignoring your whole upper body is, you know, it's, it's all related, right? Yeah. Well, that's like, if you're doing machines now, look, if yeah. you're, if you're doing kettlebells, uh, or if you're doing like bar, like if you're loading a bar up and you're doing deadlifts and squats, mm -hmm. you're still using your upper body for that. Right. But if you're sitting on a uh, leg extension machine or a glute hammy machine. Yeah. I remember you, know, you talking about machines too. You'd rather have free. It's, uh, uh, if you're working out through the machine, you're becoming, your, your, your body's adjusting within, uh, well, actually, actually what happens is a machine will be the compensatory uh, yes. unit and you know, you will acerbate your asymmetries. Exactly. That's the what... potentials there. So if my left arm is weaker than my right and I'm benching on a machine, well, the weight's going to go up, but am I making my, my right side stronger than my left? Am right. I, am exactly. I evening myself out. No, if I have a bar there or if I have two even weight kettlebells, heck, I have to, or I'm not yeah. going to perform the movement. Exactly. You're not completing that rep. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I, I always remember that. So it's, so it's important to have this, um, you know, this mobility to be able to go through that full range of motion. Yes. And, you know, we incorporate a lot of these mobility movements with and without a bell in the program. Nice. So now um, body weight, let's talk about body weight. The ability to control one's body through a myriad of movements not only displays but develops athletic ability and performance. The balanced strength and spatial awareness created by body weight training is second to none. If you're unable to control your body properly, how can you safely maximize adding additional load? So this is the thing that drives me nuts. When people squat, and I've had this conversation with uh, Marty Gallagher who's been on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. He's a buddy. He's, he's a great guy. I mean, he's he's got his own podcast, Raw Podcast. I've actually been on it before. Yeah. And, you know, he, I call him the godfather of American powerlifting. Okay. Because the guy is just insanely intelligent oh. in powerlifting and strength training and so forth. And he's trained people who have broken and hold world records in powerlifting whoa yeah, uh, yeah. serious so, yeah. he also he is a world champion in powerlifting that's like, amazing competing like bulgaria and places like that and he also won a bunch of things in olympic lifting so the guy's very well versed yeah and he was a uh he was an, a writer he wrote for um muscle and fitness for 35 years oh my god yeah and he actually uh, co-authored one of my books with me that's great yeah ferocious fitness so you know we, we work together on creating that book so godfather is a title you don't give that just anybody no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. he's the he is the, the godfather of american powerlifting that's great. and and it's funny because independently you know i use this this progression for squats and so is he so you know i didn't copy it from him though i could have easily but how do two people you know come up with this this methodology in this series. And, and, and the thing is that, you know, if you look at the top of the pyramid of a squat, let's, let's, mm -hmm. let's focus on, yeah. on the squat. So people come into the gym and they've never worked out before. And a trainer will put them on a squat rack, okay. load up, you know, they put the bar on their back and if they, you know, whatever weight they can do and they start squatting. And then they wonder why they hurt their back. They hurt their knees. Okay. Uh, they, and, and 
they wind up getting injured and they never reach, they never reach their, their um, potential. Why is this? Because there's a sequence you must follow. Right. And if you're not, if you're jumping a sequence, what's, what's oh, the yeah, sequence? You're you have to yeah. Here's the exact sequence. Write this down, people. You start with a body weight squat. Because here's the thing. If you cannot perform a body weight squat, what makes you think that loading you up with weight is going to make it better? Yeah. Any weaknesses, any discrepancies in your technique will just be acerbated. They'll be exaggerated, emphasized yeah. by adding weight to it. So now you have bad form with weight on you. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so first start with the body weight squat. Now, once we can break parallel in the body weight squat, mm -hmm. and sometimes I have people, I have people come into me and they they can't squat. They say, "Oh, I can't squat." Well, listen. Now. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't squat now. Yeah. Yeah. No, they can't squat. I say, yes, you can. No, I can't. I go, yeah. I go, go to the bathroom. I can't. Everybody sits on a toilet. Well, you have to squat, right? So. Right. They're, uh, <laughs> they say they can't. So what do we do then? So I'll have them hold on to something. I'll have them grab on something and then squat that way. So we've decreased the angle. Okay. Yeah. So um, they'll hold on to, uh, you know, like a, they can use a TRX. You can hold on to a pole right it's uh yeah you're not you're changing you're not angle. alone right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're We're doing stable. what we call an assisted squat so right. and then what we'll do is i'll increase the range of motion there once i increase the range of motion there and they've developed the strength down at the bottom of the squat because a lot of people haven't been squatting since they were two years old right uh, once they've developed that strength there yeah then i'll gradually change the angle and have them go straight up and down in the right correct sequence what you yes. were telling me yes and we're starting with first the body weight squat first get that down right that's a the base to get Number back one. to that uh the, the as we all did as a uh, toddlers right mm -hmm. you that's Everyone how you squat it yeah. yeah so now then i take them and go on to a goblet squat so that's where we hold a kettlebell or dumbbell in front of you mm -hmm. okay and you pull yourself down and again, when we can break our 90 degrees and there's, there's, there's a whole bunch of different exercises for the goblet squat. Too. Right. So, you know, we have shifting down there, the prying goblet, you know, there's, there's many, many different uh, variations of this to help open up the hips and create, you know, that full range of motion with weight. Right. And is there uh, that rhythm to it too, the pacing where you're, you're with the goblet? Well, it's actually with any, any squat, but the thing is, what are you looking for now? I have I have a basic premise. Uh, yeah. When if if you if you're having doing a grind, which a squat and a press, okay, or grinds, yeah, a, a row, and let's say the weight's not heavy enough, you want to make it harder. All right, go slower. Yeah. Okay. Now on the ballistics, maybe if the weight's not heavy enough, well, you know what you do? You go faster. It makes it harder. <laughs> yeah. So grinds go slower. Right. Ballistics go faster. So you can you can have this one weight. And do a bunch of things with, like, let's say we're, we have a, a weight yeah. that you can do easily 15 reps. Okay. So I'm, I'm doing a fast workout. I have a pace. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. doing my pace here. All right. So you know what? I want to get more out of this. So you know what I'll do? I'll go five seconds up, five seconds down, and maybe I only get five reps with the same weight. Right. So because I changed the time of this and the, you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, the frequency actually changes. Right. Okay? Yeah. The um, because I, I'm, varying this it's the same load but i'm changing the time that i'm using and you know what with the time uh it feels heavier oh yeah of course right yeah, yeah, it, uh, sure. do it slower yeah like i have to think all the 10 second push-up 10 seconds up and 10 seconds down that feels like a, a harder 
push up. Oh, yeah. heavier. Oh, yeah. And it's oh. the same person. Yep. Yeah. Look, you just increase your body weight. You want to increase your body weight on something? Slow it down. You want to increase your body weight on something? Change the angle. Make it a more severe angle. Let's say you can't do it. Uh, well, then you know what? Make it a less severe angle. Like here, I have people come in and say, "I can't do push-ups." Okay. And you know what? Doing push-ups on your knee is a joke. I I'll don't right see now. any. Yeah. If you're doing push-ups on your knees two years from now, guess what? You'll be doing push-ups on your knees. Get up. Change the angle. Yeah. It's a full body movement. What's that? Uh, the initial start too, where <laughs> after that first push-up on your feet, do more of it. Yeah. Like it's- yeah. Well, I, I also do a thing I'll call the loaded push-up, and I do have these up on my um, up on my site. We might be able to pull that up. Try to pull that up. I'll explain it. We'll try. Yeah. And now, loaded push-up does that mean that you drink? and get drunk and then do push-ups mm-hmm. okay but uh, maybe it's happened a couple times in my life but not this is not what i'm recommending well someone asks you in a bar to do uh, right, 20 yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah, all right well yeah. what i do wrong yeah. <laughs> so on a loaded push-up what you do is you uh, you know it's on my uh, youtube channel what you do is um you drop down to the floor you have your hands off of the ground you have your you're on your own on your on your toes and your chest mm-hmm. and you pull your kneecaps up into your quads Tighten them hard. Have your hands in front of your shoulders. Do not put them on the ground until you're ready to go up. Mm. When you're ready to go up, boom, go up. Now, we look at it this way, and you say, well, you know, when you're taught push-ups, right, people say, yeah. oh, okay, here, get into push-up position. Okay, down. Well, you said push-up. How about the first movement is down? <laughs> yeah. Start on the ground and push up. And I'll tell you what, I people who have never done push-ups before have been able to to do push-ups the first time by doing the loaded push-up. So you're starting on the ground and going right. up. Yeah. Uh, now, another thing that that'll do too is change the angle. So you can do push-ups off your steps, mm-hmm. off the counter, yeah, so forth, and, and do them full range of motion. Okay. Right. So, and you get, uh, you know, it's you, a different. Well, the thing is you're able to, you're able to actually do it. Um, and then eventually what you do is when you get better and better at it, you bring the angle down. So then before mm-hmm. you know it, you're doing full push-ups on the floor. And then I also have another uh, process that we use that when we're doing push-ups on the floor so people can't get all the way down. Right. So we do stack some books up underneath them. Okay? Oh, there you go. And then every week, take a book away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people, start or you know, a, you're, you're you're there. Some people start with a basketball and then go to smaller balls and eventually go to a tennis ball. That's one way of doing it, right? But yeah, it's, you know, everyone has. Most people have books in their house, or the balance, right, of the uh, of the ball itself, right? But yeah, if you're starting with, uh, well, just, it's, it's a target. It's when, adjustment. Well, yeah. Well, well, when you have a target, people respond to that better. Yeah. So I'll put the ball on the floor. I'll put the books on the floor, mm-hmm. yoga blocks, whatever it is, and enable them to uh, to touch that and then go back up. So mm-hmm. I've, yeah, I've had a lot of success with that. So no. things that now body weight also, you know, it, it, body weight is also going to expose weaknesses and asymmetries. Okay. Yeah. So um, and it's going to help you compensate for those. And the other thing is too, if you can't move, uh, you know, people say, "Gosh, you know, how much should I weigh?" Well. You know what? Body weight is a great barometer of how much you should weigh. Because if I can't do basic movements yeah. with my body weight, maybe right. I should be lighter. <laughs> yeah. If you're starting out, uh, you know, the, can you do the basics? Mm-hmm. Uh, not really. Well, yeah. where are you now? Yeah. And it'll help, you know, it helps you find, you know, your ideal weight. Yeah. So these are some of the things that we do. And, and you know, it's also, it also helps you possess like the proper uh, 
strength to weight ratio. Right. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, you, you know, and what you said earlier with uh, the case study uh, at your uh, uh, in your class, mm -hmm. that particular woman who wanted to the basketball player, like everybody has a different goal. Right. So mm -hmm. where are you meeting in the, um, you know, at the at the start? Yeah. Where do you go from there? Well, and, and the things here also with body weight, here's something else to know about body weight. Mm -hmm. It's inexpensive. It costs nothing. <laughs> How much? <laughs> nothing. Wait, you no, have, there's a catch. There's, yeah. uh, there's some money oh, here. You know, Where you know, is it you going? Know what the catch is that you have to work. <laughs> I always, there's always a catch. Well, you know, the, the, the catch could be that you, you know, purchase one of my systems and then you can use the, the video reference. There you go. You know? yeah. So, you know, we have the, uh, catch the kettlebell workout library. You can get that. And, uh, you know, American Legal Live, so forth. We have a nice uh, triple play package there. Yeah. And you can have access to, uh, you know, gosh, what do we have? Oh, about 500 videos in it. All so, at Master Phil. Whoops. Yep. All at Master Phil. Just go to Master Phil. PhilRoss.com. PhilRoss.com. Check it out. Uh, and also, definitely check out my YouTube channel. I got a lot of, you know, free advice there. It's at, that's at, at, at Master Phil on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, and you can check that out. So, flexibility, as we were talking about. Flexible muscle has greater resilience and a higher capacity to develop explosive power. The full range of motion used in the kettlebell bodyweight and suspension training enable the participants to use the whole muscle during the movements. So, you know, especially in respect to opening up joints and accessing the posterior chain. So, you you want that flexibility, a flexible muscle. Like we, like we just stated, yeah. it enables you to get stronger. And also, what about injury reduction? Because we know what happens when we don't stretch and people go and get all active. Things tear. Well, what's the uh, flexibility? It's real motion of, uh, uh, of of your daily life. You know, we all have oh, yeah. time to work out. What were you saying with snacks? You know, to the opportunity in that six-foot square, mm -hmm. six-foot uh, square space uh, to work out in. Uh, well, you also know, social distance too. Yeah, you got that space <laughs> to work out in. Yeah, so that it, it helps over time. That flexibility, you mm -hmm. know, you're feeling um, uh, feeling it when you're not working out. That's when you know, right? You know, daily these, life. Yeah. So yeah, it's called you know your active daily life or daily living activities. So you know, when you get up, like I'll tell you, I get up in the morning, and every morning I do, I do my stretching mm -hmm. and I do some calisthenics. First thing. First thing. Right? No, you, you don't eat yet? Nope. Maybe some water even after? Not really? I, no. No. What I do, if anything, if anything, what I'll do is I usually make the coffee because my wife likes my coffee. So I make it and then I go. Make, yeah. I put, the, yep, I make the fresh coffee. By the time I'm done with my workout, we got a pot of coffee. I love that routine because <laughs> it's doing the work while right. you're doing work. You get like tasking. And do you have the coffee too? Do you drink coffee? Yeah, sometimes I don't drink it all the time. I was gonna say it's like kind of a reward after yeah. the fact. Yeah, like if I have to if I have to do a lot of grading or something, I'll sit there. I like sipping coffee when I'm grading yeah. in the morning. Um, so like today I did, but a lot of times I don't. Right. Um, because then I go right to my workout or or doing yeah. a, training a client or something. Yeah, but that's a great uh, you know while you're doing that first morning mm -hmm. uh, routine, something is there for you. Yeah, uh, as after. a reward. Yeah. Look, I, I don't. I don't believe in those cheat days and things like that. I believe I in reward days. Okay, you should be rewarded. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you want to get that that flexibility and and you know we we do a lot of stuff with spinal flexion, full range of motion, uh, and joint mobility. 
you know, these things enable you to get stronger mm -hmm. and reduce injuries. Look, there's no guarantee you won't, that you're gonna that you won't get hurt. Okay, um, but I will guarantee you get hurt if you go to CrossFit. But did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> so? Well, I gotta tell some people to. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, yes. So you want to make sure that um, you're using your whole muscle during the movement uh, and accessing that posterior chain joint mobility and mm -hmm. those are all things that we address in the system nice so, yeah actually and i have um up on the youtube channel i have a full body uh mobility and a full a full body warm-up and a full body mobility actually i just put those up pretty recently all right check yeah, it out yeah definitely want to check them out so now endurance muscular and cardiovascular okay? the fact that there are many kettlebell workouts that require 10 20, 50, and even 100 repetitions develop an incredible amount of muscular endurance and brings the exerciser across the three energy systems. You know, you got your ATP, C, CP system, you got your anaerobic, and then you have your aerobic. So, you know, we have a VO2 max protocol for the kettlebell snatch. Okay. Yeah. Um, and actually, that was uh, there was an article on that by McElroy in 2014. It's good to, good to check out. Good. That's... I. Uh references uh, thank references. you references <laughs> yep just reference okay yeah. it's not just me saying this stuff <laughs> and the cool thing about referencing is that even if you know the the subject inside and out you have yeah. corroboration on what you're espousing you have verification validation of your point absolute validation yeah. you see that um uh it's you you can correlate with other uh experts in the field that this is the correct way to do it and right you could find the wrong information easily very easily especially in this, you know, yeah. cyber world. So um, muscular endurance, mm -hmm. cardiovascular endurance, you know, because a lot of people, maybe they, they you know, they, they don't like to run. Like I, I used to love running. I can't do it. I can't run because my, my feet and knees and hips from all my years of training and fighting yeah. have been, you know, a little, little beat up there. Well, it seems like uh... – uh, I remember running uh, on grass, oh, yeah. which is the best thing That's ever. Best. Yeah. Why would I ever run on a, uh, on concrete, on well, the sidewalk, on the street? I'm bang, and I run. I ran cross country in yeah. high school, and yeah. uh, you know those uh, the five Ks would kill you. Oh yeah, I I don't run uh, anywhere but grass. I'll tell you that's when I do my when I do my sprinting and so forth. I, I do it on grass. Yeah, because it's yeah. just uh, I don't know. It's it's the impact on concrete mm -hmm. is gonna blow up that, your knee in twenty years. Twenty, it'll blow, it'll yeah. blow up my knee in twenty minutes now. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So you know, with the kettlebells, you can get your muscular and cardiovascular endurance. You know, if you mm -hmm. you keep your heart rate high, you're doing a hit workout. Yeah. You know, or I've developed a thing called scrambled eggs. Do a scrambled eggs workout, or another thing I call called the Warriors Challenge. You know, where you're constantly moving for, you know, over 20 minutes. Okay. And your heart rate. Is That's just, nonstop. It's nonstop. And, you know, so, and of course, you know, like, like I just discussed before the, the VO2 max uh, protocol. Great. So, so now uh, weight class athletes. So there's two primary methods that increase strength, muscle hypertrophy, as we discussed, mm -hmm. and also neural adaptation. Uh, standard resistance training increases strength in response to by uh, in response to loads by increasing the size of the muscle fiber, right? And then the muscles get bigger due to the offset center gravity of the kettlebell. 
the body must respond by recruiting motor units, stabilizers, intrinsic muscles mm -hmm. to keep the kettlebell alignment throughout the movements. So I, I focus on this called hard style kettlebell training. It teaches, in quote, the body how to be strong without adding great amounts of mass. So it's a harder, more flexible, more explosive and lean body is the result. So if you can see that, uh, you know, as a weight class athlete, right. you want to be as strong as you can at that particular weight. Of course. So if if I'm lifting weights and I lift myself out of a different weight class. You're out of it, that competition. And now I have to, now, so, you know, am I really taking advantage of my strength gains? So here with a kettlebell, mm -hmm. you know, you're getting a stronger body at a lower weight. And especially, of course, body weight does the same thing. I mean, I mean, you ever see a fat gymnast? No. Right. Exactly. I mean, these people are they're they're ripped. Like the guys on the uh the, the hob horse or the, it's the horse. The horse, yeah, yeah, the pummel horse. Pummel, pummel horse, horse. Excuse yeah. me. I don't know what a hob horse. Is. But <laughs> no, that's when you uh, chop but those guys the legs off of a horse and they hobble. And then you have to put it down. <laughs> those guys on the horse uh, are just incredible. Like that's the the spins on or that the rings. Oh Come my! On the ring. I mean, that's yeah. Just, my uncle did uh, gymnastics for a bit, and I, the stuff he uh, he was capable of doing was yeah. like, yeah. I mean, that's that's the incredible strength. And you look at the strength per pound, right? And that's what's that's what's important. And that brings us to another thing: is like the uh, you know, it's a great bang for the buck. Hmm. So not only are kettlebells a great bang for the buck for the um, for the amount of strength you're going to get per you know per body weight, yeah, but also for time efficient. Right? There you go. So here, you know what? Not too many of us have two to three hours to sit there in a gym. No. We just don't. So, you know, with a kettlebell, I mean, you, if you do a 45-minute workout, you could be smoked. And if you don't have time, you could do a 20-minute workout. You do a 20-minute HIIT workout or 12-minute HIIT workout if you don't have a lot of time. Right. You can get a lot of work in, you know, because we have, like we were talking about, you know, Tabatas where it's 10 seconds on, uh, sorry, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. Okay. That was developed by Professor Tabata. Um, like I had talked before about the scrambled eggs that I right. developed and then the Warriors Challenge. So um, actually, I talk about Warriors Challenge and, and some of these other uh, scrambled eggs and so forth in um, in the book Ferocious Fitness. Right. And, you know, a lot of fighters use these. And, you know, and, and we can hit all the, the aspects. You can hit your mobility, your strength, your explosive power, your cardiovascular muscular conditioning with one tool. And this is uh, still related to the amount of time that yeah. you're putting in. That's yeah. great. Look, I could – okay, buddy of mine years ago, he's probably listening right now, is uh, Percy. He's been on the podcast before. Right. So, I mean, this guy, he won police powerlifting, you know, contest. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like 500-pound you know, bench, all this crazy stuff, right? That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. So, I took a 35-pound kettlebell. I put him through a half hour workout. He was sore for three days. Now this is a guy who's a champion powerlifter. It's a different, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, and now he's turned on to him. He does. He he has a group down in the college he teaches at. Oh, he brought it now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, he's adopted. Man, he loves it. That's great. And, and he works him out twice a week with kettlebells, and then he does his other training other days. But he does twice a week, at least twice a week on the kettlebells. That's great. Yeah. So we were talking about um, young athletes trained safely, right? So, right. Kettlebells are safe to use for young athletes. Why? Because of the offset, the offset center of gravity, as we discussed before, a much lighter kettlebell 
may be used. Whereas, you know, if you, you're trying to achieve the same, uh, the same goal with a barbell or, um, or, a, you know, a dumbbell or a, uh, or a machine, it would, it would incur you to use a much heavier weight. So, right. So yeah, this would be a lighter weight. It's a lighter weight, but you get more out of it. Right. Because you have to recruit much more. Look, um, you know, when I was competing in powerlifting, you know, in a competition, my mm -hmm. best squat was five and a quarter. Right. Not bad for a 180 pounder. That's great. <laughs> um, but now if I take a, a 140 pounds of kettlebells, right. I'm getting just as good a workout with a hundred, you know, as me, as me, as slap it, yeah. yeah. Or me slapping 300 pounds, 400 pounds on my back. You know, that's I, a, that's a statement itself that a, a lighter weight kettlebell is exactly. It saves the joints. So what you're doing is you're actually, you know, reducing the amount of stress on your joints. Yeah. And this is particularly important for kids. Of course. Okay. Because kids, what they tend to do is they tend to jack up the weight and they get their egos involved, especially young boys. Right. And they say, oh, I can do more, you know, bench. And then their form is garbage. Is that it? Yeah. Because yeah. they, it's like the question, what do you bench? Right. Can you right. even bench? Hey, uh, oh, you know what? Oh, one thing I forgot. We didn't finish up our, uh, our squat routine. <laughs> oh, I remember the. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we, go back to that. Yeah, we'll cut so, it up. Here we go. So no, we we'll put it right here. Yeah. <laughs> so, when our squat routine, yes, be a good one to put. Four squats. You need to one start with a bodyweight squat. Mm -hmm. Two, go to a goblet squat. Three, raise the kettlebell or bar, and do a front squat. After the front squat, if you're going to go progress any further, you do a high bar back squat. That means up high on your traps mm -hmm. and then and only then when you've mastered all of these do you do the low bar so you put across a little lower on your back like uh, you know for a powerlifting competition that's the last one that's the last one but most people what most trainers do is they'll take a lot of people and bring them right to that squat bar and throw the throw Whoa, the weight on their back that's what you that's why this we, is yeah this is this is how you get injured okay and a lot of young kids are not going to go and take the time and do the squats in that, right? They're, they're right, going to go right in there. That sequence. Right. They're not going to do the sequence. No. And then they're going to get injured. Okay. And that injury at a young age uh, stays with you uh, mm -hmm. to an older age. Yep. Yep. And it just gets progressively worse. So. No, I'm glad we came back to that too. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Yeah, I've been hitting the head, but I guess I remember once in a while. So no, we'll get that. Uh, yeah. That that's an important thing in the back too, because if they're starting you on the back, uh, it's look, you're already. You, yeah, look, you've yeah. not developed the muscles that, to support that weight. Exactly, you've not developed them yet. You know, because it's all about you're, core tightness and strength. Yeah, and we all are, but especially you're still uh, growing as a kid, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, totally like. Yeah, you want it's you too want, much. It's too much uh, for like a high schooler. Yeah, well, you want you want to reduce the stress on the joints. You don't want to increase it. You want to build them up. You don't yeah. want to uh, you know just load them up without proper form. So that um, those are our top ten reasons for using kettlebell and body weight, and all this is accomplished with the body bell method. Uh, in addition to getting certified in this method, okay, when you take a seminar, mm -hmm. you get. Uh, if you're ACE or NASM certified, you get credits toward your toward your learning, so you get CEUs, very, so continuing education units, good. or continuing education credit, uh, continuing education credits, depending upon the organization. Yeah, um, and all of the other personal training organizations except 
these as well. So all you have to do is fire it off to them. Uh, That's perfect. Yeah. Um, Val- very valuable. Oh, yeah. Well, even, and also, in addition to that, you also, as a member of the Bodybuilding Instructor Corps, you get access to all of the video training by Master Phil. That is included? Yes, that's included. That's included. That's awesome. Yeah, it's look. I want to create great instructors, um, and then we also you know, we also have a, a Facebook page that's dedicated to the Body Bell Method as well, where we answer questions yeah. and so forth. Yeah, and then uh, creating great instruct. That's a reflection of you. Well, that's that's my goal, man. I, you you're know, not you're not just going to let someone um, say they were trained by you if they're not. You know, well, they got to be. You know, they got to do do the work. Hey, you got to earn it and you got to be tested. There's a test for all of these. Exactly. Okay. And it's a physical test as well. So you have to be in shape and you have to know your technique. Yeah. And you got to, and this is all what we started with the show. You're in, uh, uh, studying. This is all with you. This yep. is recall. And this is what you're going to take with you and, mm-hmm. and take on, on in the future. Well, one of the reasons that I also created a lot of these, uh, online training, resources is to help people okay you go to a seminar and what happens sometimes you know you forget different movements or you even even if you read it oh gosh what's an arm bar oh okay here it is uh you, right. know, you have video representation of it i think so, a visual uh, a lot more people are visual learners yes. and they need to see that of course with uh right, right with all this you need to see mm-hmm. properly what's going on absolutely good we have a comment here i'll show oh. this from paula bird Oh, Paul, uh, leaving a legacy. That's yeah, Paul, it. That's, I'll tell you what, that, that's what I want to do. I want to leave this legacy. I want people to carry it on. I mean, why why go and and reinvent the wheel? Look, take what I've done, right, and then make it better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, use it. Yeah. Don't uh, reinvent the wheel. There's no reason to do it. No, standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. And that's, what, that's what we want to do. That's it. Thank you, Paula, for chiming in. in. We uh, – we went through all ten. Yes, all we ten. Hit all of them. Hit all of them. And we're just meeting, uh, meeting that hour mark too. It's been yep. a great episode. Uh, happy to be Excellent. here uh, on the side, filling in. And um, Paula, thank you for uh, chiming in too. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, and thank you for another episode of Master Phil in your corner, strength and honor. <laughs>